This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss for a special bonus episode all about how to cope with perfectionism in wedding planning. With us today is Nicole Baker. Nicole is a coach for perfectionists, helping them set goals and actually follow through on them. She's the host of the Life Coach Baker podcast, has been featured on Self Helpless, Thrive Global, and Authority Magazine, and has collaborated with both Foursquare and The Mighty. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to tackle this topic with you. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's just like get down to the nitty gritty right away. I love it. What do we think is the root cause of pressure surrounding weddings? Root cause? I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do kind of three little roots, if you will. I think that it branches in three different areas, and it does not mean that one person is only rooted in one of these areas. There definitely can be some overlap. One of the root causes of perfectionism when wedding planning is having an extremely high expectation for what you want your wedding to look like. Thank you, Pinterest. But (laughs) I think that having that ridiculously high expectation causes people to sprint to the finish line, feel like they have to make everything happen. If you're qualified yourself as like an overachiever or a high achiever, probably odds are you have a to-do list that feels like it's ruling your life and you have to do it a thousand miles per hour. And it's no exception in wedding planning. I will go ahead and raise my hand here. I am so this person um, feeling like you need to like really sprint, sprint, sprint to the finish line. And what that does is it sucks the fun out of this process. It really allows you to never be in the present moment and you're constantly feeling like you need to be in control of everything. Second branch though is again, same, same high expectation. However, the overwhelm and the intimidation of that high expectation is like, um, my brain's freaking out. So I'm going to go do something really easy. Like scroll through social media, look through wedding dresses on Pinterest, or do something entirely different, like watch Netflix or play video games. But it literally is actually going to get a little neuroscience here. It's actually like a brain survival technique. When we feel overwhelmed, it's because we're getting out of our comfort zone. And way, 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 way millions of years ago back then, when we were out of our comfort zone, it meant we were probably far from the camp. It probably meant we were far from the cave, far from the tribe, which meant we were in danger. Our lives were in danger. And while we as a society have really leveled up, if you will, um, our brains really haven't. So whenever we have that overwhelm kick in, it is literally a survival technique saying, go back to your comfort zone. So a lot of the times it's kind of more that procrastinator style of approaching wedding planning, doing things up until the last minute, feeling really stressed and pressured because, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this earlier? Blah, blah, blah. Then last but not least, same very high expectation. However, the expectation rather than coming from internal is external. If you've been, you're both like nodding. You're like, I see this so much. (laughs) Like if you see it like people pleasers, we hear that technique pretty often. Um, I would qualify them as this third branch. If you feel like you have to please your parents in order to have the perfect wedding because maybe they're paying for it, or maybe you just feel like it's your right as a child to do that. So It can feel so terrifying. And then you're making every single decision in order to please everyone and not thinking about pleasing yourself and your partner. So um, those are the different areas I see it come up the most, which is kind of a very long-winded answer. 
but it's fascinating how how each of these come up. But I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts because I see a lot of nodding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think the pressure does come from many different sides. And, you know, you spoke to all of those, really. I think it's important to mention that you are actually a bride yourself right now and going through I this am. process. So, yes. <laughs> um, you can relate, but you also have like a lot of great advice to share. Um, do you think that this is something that impacts every bride or do you think it tends to be maybe more prevalent in people who have perfectionistic tendencies or maybe who struggle with anxiety, anything like that? Ooh, very good question. I think that it can rear its ugly head in different levels, like maybe people who would not qualify themselves as perfectionists or uh, anxious or high achievers in real life can suddenly have this stem up in wedding planning. I think a little bit of that is, I, I, obviously, this is not just for females. This is definitely for males, too. But prominently in the female category, we grew up imagining this day. We had all these things like, oh, when you get married, blah, blah, blah. And it's really conditioned in us from small childhood, right? So I think that there's this huge buildup so that when you finally get to it, it's like, I have to make sure this is exactly what I thought I dreamed for my whole entire life. And that's terrifying that's horrifying to do so I think that it can really appear on different levels so if you're someone who has perfectionistic anxiety tendencies in I'm going to call it real life even though wedding planning is totally real life too I think it's it can definitely be highlighted because of this quote-unquote high pressure or um, once-in-a-lifetime experience you know so I, I don't know about everybody but I'll say from at least who I've talked to the majority, I'll say the majority for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that like part of it is also the narrative that we get of like, this is the one time you're going to do it, which is not necessarily true. No. Plenty of people are getting married more than once and that's great. So how can we get rid of the idea? Because just saying like, this is your one chance, this is the one, like that makes it impossible to be able to decide, you know, between venues or decide between like, you know, it makes it this like all encompassing one time event. Um, I feel like that's like a similar thing with deciding what to go to school for, right? Yes, like yeah. when you're young and it's like, really, you could go in, you have like four years, maybe even more to change your mind, right? And then spoiler alert, when you get out, you're going to change careers many times. <laughs> and that's actually normal. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Right? But like you go in thinking that it's like one of those other milestones in life that you feel like you're conditioned to have just to know, just to have yeah. this idea of like exactly what you want because it's one time and like, let's just toss that out. Retweet everything you just said. <laughs> I so agree. And I think that the way to combat that is as simple as it sounds, change the narrative. If we say this is my one chance it's like gripping the edges of a chair and feeling like every single decision you make is either perfect or bust, which is so intimidating. And you're going to second guess every single decision you make. And again, sucking the fun out of this entire process. So I think I, I utilize this with my clients a lot. And that's not necessarily in wedding planning, but in, you know, in our goals and in real life, utilizing a first draft method. This is a first draft of a wedding website. Maybe the wedding website is really intimidating for you. That is a lot of writing, a lot of photos. How do we pick the perfect photos of me and my fiance, whatever. If you just say like, you know what, I'm just going to make the first draft of our story page. It gives you permission to let it be messy. It gives you permission to not have it be like 
crystal clear every single sentence. You can just like word vomit stuff onto a page and clean it up later. But we forget that we're allowed to do that first draft. And then I think secondly, like I was saying earlier, like changing the narrative, if you're going into a venue and being like, this has to be the perfect venue, I won't spare you guys the whole story. I literally just signed my venue two days ago. I've been engaged since last April. I've been engaged almost a year and we just signed our venue because we were having a lot of this these issues like, oh my gosh, is this the perfect one? Is this the one we really want? Um, we were having some issues with contracts and stuff like that. But when we had that, it was like so terrifying and intimidating to finally sign one. But when we finally said, this is our wedding venue for us as a couple right now, it gave it a snapshot of just like the right here and now version of my fiance and I, which is a very different version of six-year-old Brett and Nicole. And it gave us permission to really just narrow down the scope a little bit. So I, I hope that answers your question. But those are the two things that I would recommend looking at. I love that. I think something else that's coming up for me in this conversation is just the way that the media and also the wedding industry at large really does put that extra pressure in the way that they market so much of things involving weddings, you know, like that pressure of the one day, like this is your one chance, the big day, the special day, you know, I think that there's a lot of scarcity and like, like fear mongering in a way and the way that a lot of companies market things when it comes to weddings and that doesn't help (laughs) our mindset at all I totally agree and I see this a lot with being like well are you sure you don't want to spend the extra 45,000 on this thing obviously that's an exaggeration number but sometimes it's not and it just honestly when I first started getting into this it blew my mind how much It was like, you are supposed to do this stuff. And it's like, am I allowed to cuss on here? Minimally. (laughs) I'm like, bitch, it's my wedding. I can do what I want. Like, let me do whatever I want. But it's this like intimidation and kind of going back to that people pleaser side. If we have it in our heads that, oh my gosh, well, people are expecting a late night snack. That means I have to give them this late night snack. But also I want to make sure it's the best late night snack because I want them to remember this wedding, every single detail. Oh my God, it is so, so much in the stuff and not in the real meaning of the wedding. So one of the things that my partner and I did right at the beginning of this process is we actually sat down and we said, what are our values we want to bring into this experience? And first thing was fun, play, love, togetherness, community. And we're having a really small wedding as a result because we want it to just be like just us. And we would not have come to this decision without these values. And throughout every single process, we've said, does this align with these values? And if it doesn't, we we kick it out the door. But that has to go with a lot of releasing the expectations of what others and the media say we're supposed to have. And I'm not going to totally blame Pinterest for everything on this episode, I promise. <laughs> but I do think it has a little bit of something to do with like, your wedding has to look like this. You have to have like the fairy lights and the the draperies and the trees and the candles and the photos hanging down from the trees and stuff like, and it's just like, sometimes that's not possible. Like sometimes that's just too much to think about when you really get down to those values, it gives you permission to let that stuff go. 
I love that so much. It's something that we, I feel like a broken record, like saying really getting clear on what your values are and incorporating that into your wedding planning and kind of using it as, you know, a guiding star when you're making these decisions along the way, because it's so easy to get caught up in the expectations and the aesthetics of everything and to feel like compelled to make every detail of your wedding just an instagrammably beautiful moment and while that's that's amazing it's special and it's you know great to look at photos of um at the end of the day those aren't going to be the things that actually are meaningful to you you're not gonna you're not really gonna care about the photos of your centerpieces in your wedding album you're gonna care about the moments captured between you and your new spouse you know and so it's so easy i think to get caught up in the whirlwind and the the pretty pretty photos but at the end of the day it's all just extra right yes. oh slap that on a t-shirt that was so good <laughs> oh God, i totally agree it is all just extra and I love that you guys talk about wedding values. I actually think we might've gotten the idea from this podcast now that I think about it. But um, it's it's so important because it's not a Pinterest wedding. It's not an Instagram wedding. It is your wedding. What does that look like? And more importantly, what does that feel like? And see how you can emulate that feeling because it's going to look very different than every other Pinterest wedding on the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also think something coming up for me listening to this is we put so much onus on this, like on the couples to tune out the pressure, to tune out the noise, to tune out like everybody else. But I also would love for us to talk about when we are not the bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom, when you're the person attending a wedding, like we also have that responsibility to not sit there and just judge all the things, to not sit there and be like, oh, well, I saw this done better on Pinterest or I saw this done better. At the, you know, like it's it's weird. It's like one of those things that is just, it feels like a natural thing. We show up to a wedding and we start judging their decisions. We, you know, we like decide like, oh, would I have done that? And it's like, who cares? If we could all collectively work together to not do that, to not, you know, like when you come back from a wedding and your friends are like, oh, what did they do for the seating chart? It's like, why do you care? Mm -hmm. Like, unless you're just trying to get inspiration, it's like, there's no, like, what we're doing is we're making everyone feel like they have to do what somebody else did. We're making it feel like everybody has to be like the pinnacle of a party thrower and satisfy all their guests and have, you know, like, that's a form of throwing a wedding that is, but that's not what all weddings have to be. When you go into a wedding and you, as a guest, and you judge every little thing, it takes the experience away from celebrating the couple that's getting married. And you are a guest at their wedding. You are there to celebrate the union of these two people. Like, almost I, I think about it with, like, coming into a wedding and the question to be asking if you hear that, like, ooh, like, why did they do this? The question you can ask yourself is, does this reflect the bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom? If the answer is yes, amazing. Go compliment on them on this because they probably worked really hard for that. And if the answer is no, great. Remind yourself you're there to celebrate them anyway. I really believe that judgment is the soul sucker out of connection and celebration. And a wedding is all about celebration, connection, love. Be there as a supportive figure, whether you're a friend, a family member, an acquaintance, whatever, 
but allow yourself that joy because you'll have more fun. The people you're there to celebrate will notice that everyone's having more fun, which will enhance their experience. No one wants to go through their wedding day being like, does Aunt Marge think that this worked out well? Oh my God, I don't know. That is not what I want to remember from my wedding day, right? And I know that there's a lot of people out there who would agree. So if you are a wedding guest, you're there to celebrate and lift this couple up, period. I'm like giving snaps over here. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So you've touched on this a little bit, but I would love to hear more about your personal experience planning your wedding. You know, how has perfectionism shown up for you personally? You know, as a coach for perfectionists, I've been a coach for perfectionists for years and I've been studying the perfectionist mindset. I thought that I had beaten every ounce of perfectionism out of me. And I had until I started planning a wedding and then it all (laughs) reared like a troll from under the bridge. So my fiance and I got engaged back in April, like I mentioned, and I immediately was like, let's go, like, let's dive in. And he's like, can we just chill for a second? But I had that, oh my gosh, like we have to go, 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 go. Like, because we live in such a busy world, we feel like we perpetually have to be busy, right? And so I was excited, obviously, but I also was like, we have to go. We have to, there's so many things we have to do. And thank God I'm marrying this incredible man who literally was like, stop, slow down. (laughs) Like, there's no reason to feel like we need to be moving a thousand miles per hour. But the first thing we started doing was obviously like kind of mapping out our vision. And I know you guys actually just did an episode on that, which I loved, Um, like mapping out our vision, what that looks like, Um, talking about budget, obviously seeing how that's going to all fit together. And then we started looking at venues. I'm going to put air quotes around the word venue because we actually loved the idea of doing it at an Airbnb. And my sister got married in 2020. We all know what happened in 2020, 2020 brides, grooms, and everything in between. I am so sorry you had to go through what you went through because now, like, firsthand experience, I'm like, wow, I would be a puddle of tears every day. Um, But my sister got married in 2022 at an Airbnb. She had to pare her wedding down from 190 to, like, 18 people. And it ended up being the most memorable, incredible experience of my life when it comes to weddings. And my fiance and I looked at each other after that experience and we're like, that, we want that. Everything that just happened is what we want in our wedding. So we started looking at Airbnbs that could accommodate the party. And I kid you not, we probably looked at 150 minimum, not like physically in person, but like online. Then we would go to, I think we went to about 15 in person We had two Airbnbs, both fell through because of complaints from neighbors, which was very sad because they were awesome. Until finally, I just like threw my hands up in the air, like a puddle of tears and fury because I was like, the wedding that we visioned, again, high, high, high pedestal, was just not coming together. And I was like, I felt like this feeling of hopelessness, which is not how you want to feel when it comes to your wedding, right? And... After giving it a few days, because this is what I tell my clients in my community all the time, you cannot go from like a hole in the ground of sorrow and anger to suddenly like up in the sky, woohoo, everything's great, we're fine. You got to build some stairs to get up to solid ground and then jump into the sky. So I was working on building my stairs and I gave myself a few days to just like put away everything wedding planning. And then we had this like random wedding venue, actual venue, no air quotes this time, appear And I was like, wait, I kind of see this. And it was completely different from our original vision. So we had to totally pivot. 
but it was like less than a mile away from one of the houses that we were looking at that we loved. So we ended up actually getting to do best of both worlds. We're now having our everyone stay at the house that we love that has a zip line. And if I don't zip line in my wedding dress on my wedding day, I don't know what I will do. <laughs> but we have a zip line and like all this beautiful, fun stuff that's accommodating to most of the wedding party. And then less than a mile away, we have this amazing, gorgeous venue. And it was all able to work in our budget. Giving myself the space to release control. This is what I really want to highlight for people. Changed my entire experience around not only the wedding venue, but when I started thinking about other things, when we were in the heart of this, I would get stressed. I would immediately think, well, it's not going to work out. The photographer is going to pull out. The DJ is going to not show up. Like I would, I was so like, I didn't believe that the, the, the vision would come together. I was so angry. And when I gave myself permission to just step back to release control, again, highlight, underline, italicize that word because it is so important and just let things kind of fall together everything I kid you not in the last 10 days it's been like caterer uh DJ photographer venue everything just falling through in the best way and it's not at all what we originally pictured and I'm so excited so again that's a very long-winded answer but um I feel like we're just getting started and I feel like that major pivot in my attitude both of our attitudes I'll even say has really changed what I feel like going forward this experience will look like I love well, that. That's life advice. <laughs> <laughs> From a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So I love that. And I really appreciate you sharing like your personal experience with it. It's cool to kind of get an inside look in, inside your head because you're able to work through all of the steps of that process for yourself. I'm curious if there's other examples you have maybe from clients that you're able to share of just ways that like, they, like things they came to you with mm -hmm. that they felt were these like crazy mountains they needed to climb and how you were able to like walk them through it step by step. Totally. So I'm going to branch away from necessarily wedding planning. However, it is very much in the same boat and just look at goals in general. A lot of people come to me with these, again, really high pedestal goals, and they think that where they are at step one and where their goal is at step 100, they need to immediately be at step 99. And that intimidation factor, like I said earlier, can either cause people to push pedal to the metal and totally burn themselves out and suck the fun out of everything, or procrastinate, have weights and weights of stress on their shoulders until the last minute, and then they feel like everything's their fault. It's like a total spiral down of anxiety. What I do with people is I look at that step 100 and I say, great, in between one and 100, there are about 98 to 99 little milestone goals. What is milestone goal number two? Figure out how to get from one to two, two to three, three to four, and so on. So with wedding planning, even just looking at a branch of it, like invitations, Going online and like looking at the wide world of invitations and picking one all in one sitting is, I don't know about you guys, I think that's crazy. I don't think that's possible, right? But going in and researching for 45 minutes and saving the ones that you like. Great. Step one, that's milestone number one. Then maybe going through and narrowing it down to your favorite two or three. Great. Milestone number two ordering samples of those three, milestone number three, and so on and so forth. Chunking it down is what we call it in the personal development industry. Chunking it down into these teeny tiny, what I call one sitting tasks, tasks that you can do in 60 minutes or less. Not only makes things actually 
feel more achievable. You're able to check boxes and our brain loves checking boxes. It's literally like an addiction because it's progress. Our brain loves making progress. When we check boxes and make progress, we feel really good about ourselves and like we're moving towards our goal. When it's just this ethereal invitations, like kind of hoodoo voodoo up in the ether, if you will, our brain doesn't really get to check off those boxes. So when we don't feel like we're making progress, we get frustrated with ourselves. We beat ourselves up and then we go to our coping mechanisms like scrolling through Pinterest or going to Netflix or so on or scrolling through TikTok, stuff like that. So finding out what those milestone goals are in each category, DJ, photographer, decorations, all those things, like finding out those milestone goals and chunking them down into those one sitting tasks is life-changing. Again, not only for wedding planning, this is for any and all goals, but since we're talking about it, I think that that diminishes a lot of procrastination and it also helps us feel good about this process, which I think is very important. Absolutely. It's like the concept of, uh, you know, like you can't eat a whole elephant or whatever. (laughs) Like, yes, (laughs) definitely. What's, what's the, I don't know what the actual phrase is, but how do you, oh, 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 how do you eat a whole elephant one bite at a time? I think is the something like that. Something like that. I might've just made that up. Anyway, whatever big goal or project you have, you have to break it up into steps and small achievable chunks. And that's why like we're big fans of getting yourself really organized. I think when it comes Mm -hmm. to planning, whether it's getting a good checklist or spreadsheet or a wedding planning book, you know, we have some great checklists in the budget savvy wedding planner and organizer you know, it does help you to see your progress when you're able to check those things off your list and not make it so overwhelming trying to do everything all at once. Totally. And also getting a little bit into the neuroscience of it. If we sit down and do a task, that's like one of those one sitting, I know exactly what to do in the next 30 to an hour. Our brain does not hit that overwhelm button, which means it does not immediately seek survival, aka comfort zone. And it actually feels like, oh, okay, in the next 30 minutes, I'm going to research invitation suites and save the ones I like the best. I know exactly what to do. Great. And go. And it's working with our brain by making things more simple. A lot of times people think that they need to hit like this like magic pill button and everything's suddenly super easy. The magic pill is simplicity. There's a quote that says, I think, complexity is the enemy of execution. And oh boy, is it true. And when we make things simple, when we make things stupidly simple to the point where we're literally like, am I treating my brain like a toddler? Yes, that is the key, that's the key to going after really big goals, whether it's wedding planning, starting a business, so on and so forth, is chunking things down, making them really simple so that you're working with your brain chemistry rather than against it. Wow. That's <laughs> the brain cool. <laughs> the brain is really cool. Um, I think that's amazing. And this has been just like such an inspiring conversation. Like, just want to thank you for that. Um, Before we wrap up, what I would love for us to just try to look at doing is rejecting the idea that a wedding can be perfect. When people describe their wedding, even if they struggled with perfectionism during the entire wedding planning process, I feel like they still want to be able to say, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a thing they want other people to hear so that it's like other people know they were completely happy with how everything went, that they felt like this was the ultimate best outcome. How can we just get rid of this idea that like it has to be perfect? Because 
perfect doesn't exist in anything. I think reframing what perfect is, is really important. If we say perfect is where everything goes smoothly, um, it looks amazing, the photos turn out exactly how I'm expecting them to, everyone has a really good time. If we make all those expectations equal my happiness around my wedding, that is an impossible task to achieve. I'm actually, again, going to get a little neuroscience-y, but our brain has rules around expectations. So I can only be happy with my wedding if X, Y, and Z happens. These rules act, act like subconsciously, basically. A lot of the times we don't realize it. So what I would really recommend people doing is writing down perfect wedding day equals. For me, that means I marry my husband, period. <laughs> like that's the end of that list. I am happy on my wedding day if I am in the present moment. That is extremely important to me. And I want to really encourage this to people everywhere. If your goal on your wedding day is to like, you know, release control, really just be present, really like, and just enjoy the day. Do not expect yourself to just suddenly on that day, be present, totally fine. Start conditioning yourself for this. I know this sounds like training, but it kind of is way beforehand. We don't go to the gym, do one crunch and get a six pack, right? Just like we don't go to the day of our wedding and suddenly release control and everything's hunky-dory fine. Starting months or even up to a year before, gratitude practice, a meditation practice, a journaling practice, even if it's as simple as sitting down with your fiance right before starting a wedding plan and say, um, I'm excited for blank and make it something so easily obtainable. Not, I'm excited to try a perfect wedding cake that's going to look like the night sky and it's going to be blah, 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 blah. I'm excited to look at you when I walk down the aisle. Boom. It's another way of practicing gratitude with someone else. But starting a in-the-moment practice, because the opposite of perfect is an imperfect. The opposite of perfect is just being present. Because when we're present, we're not worried about all those expectations or all those rules fitting into the day. We're just enjoying the moment and giving yourself the time way beforehand to do those crunches at the gym or to whatever in order for you to be able to sit. Let's say you're getting makeup done in the morning. You're able to sit in the makeup chair and just enjoy and breathe. I love that. You you really shared some good like healthy ways to cope with some of this perfectionism or maybe stress or anxiety that brides are feeling like you said meditation or journaling or gratitude practice. Are there any other tips or maybe even like affirmations that like you have your clients use to help bring yes. that back to that present moment? Definitely. If you are someone who is putting everyone else on that pedestal, that people pleaser, making sure everything is perfect so everyone has a good time, a lot of the times that'll be that'll result in you having a lot of decision fatigue. Which one is Aunt Marge going to like the best? I don't know, right? Having a mantra that is something along the lines of, I trust myself to make the right decisions to reflect my wedding day. The really key part of that, I trust myself. When we are putting everyone else on a pedestal, we're putting ourselves lower, which means we're trusting other people's voices, whether said or unsaid, more than our own gut. Trust your gut. This is your experience. It's no one else's. And just give yourself that grace to really trust yourself through this process. 
I need that on a toaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent. Get a sticky note and put it on the computer. <laughs> like <laughs> We talked about actually making some like phone screen art or something that yes. like brides could look at when they're feeling, when they feel compelled to go just like numb doom scroll on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> like you see that little mantra, that little affirmation on your phone and it kind of just brings you back to the present moment. I need that. That sounds great. (laughs) Please. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole. This was such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation. Can you give our listeners an idea of where they can learn more about you? Because I feel like they're all going to want more. Well, you're very sweet. Thank you. This has been so fun. You both are just wonderful humans. I am most prominently on Instagram. You can find me at Life Coach Baker. If you want to learn more about my services, my courses, my programs, all that stuff, you can go to lifecoachbaker.com. I also offer free 30-minute one-on-one calls where we literally just coach for 30 minutes and you can book a call on my website right at the top bar. It's so generous of you. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's fun. I love I'll be calling you soon. Girl, watch out, out for a calendar. <laughs> watch out for a calendar notification pending soon. Amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you both. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride. We would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too. Consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.